my friends, and welcome to episode nine of Control Issues. Oh, this was such a good episode and such a good time to sit down with my dear friend, Jarrett Stone. He joined me on Facebook Live from the comfort of both of our own homes to respect the wonderful shelter-in-place orders um, that are impacting us due to COVID-19. And we were able to talk about just everything under the sun, everything from how music impacts our emotions to what it's like to be a newcomer while you have time moving to a new place. Um, and a little bit of football was thrown in there to make both of us happy, but um, the conversation flew incredibly well and flew by way too fast, in my opinion. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you continue to follow Control Issues. Please check us out on Facebook to watch all the Facebook Lives, which we are currently doing Thursdays at 6 p.m. until COVID-19 isn't taking us down anymore. May keep it spicy and do some more in the future, but for now we're doing Thursdays, 6 p.m. Facebook Live. Follow Control Issues Facebook page so you can watch and comment. Um, I'll be dropping audio like this one every Wednesday morning. And you can get that wherever you get your podcasts at Spotify, iTunes. Really, that's it. Um, and then uh, we'll just keep the, the content flowing. If you'd like to provide some feedback, some topics you'd like to hear, maybe a suggestion of someone that's not. I live in Atlanta and I can have people who don't live in Atlanta on this. There's a lot of great technology out there. So Send me ideas of people that you think are awesome and you want to hear. Send it to me on Instagram at controlissues19. Hit up the Gmail, controlissues19 at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook. I mean, literally slide in the DMs however you can figure it out. And I really appreciate it. And so without much further ado, the announcement's out of the way. So let's hear how the episode went. And I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. Um, I am here with my dear friend, my homie, Jarrett. Um, Stone, he has been so gracious to come on here and join us today. Um, for anyone who watched the last couple of Facebook Lives, I'm incredibly grateful. If you're just joining us today, feel free to follow the page so you can get updates. Um, also follow me on Instagram, uh, Control Issues 19, and you can check out all of my wonderful attempts at graphic design, which are <laughs> mostly in vain. Um, but I'm very excited to be here. So we'll kind of get into this real quick. So Jared, I know who you are. Most people know who you are. But why don't you give us a reader's digest of like, who you are, where you come from? What is the meaning of life? Uh, I can really speak on what the meaning of life is. For me, meaning of life is to be happy. Nothing is more important than happiness to me. I like just trying to be, bring joy to people's lives. But uh, I'm 29 years old. I was born and raised in New Jersey. Uh, I am a man in long-term recovery. I just celebrated six years on March 1st of this year. Uh, so I got clean, not in Georgia, not from here originally. I actually got clean in South Florida, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which, uh, which is cool. You know, it was like a very big, big fellowship, very heavily involved in the recovery community out there. Um, and just this past year, um, I moved from Florida with five years clean up to Georgia, which has been, you know, very tumultuous, tumultuous, you know, uh, just like having to deal with the issue of moving away from your comfort zone into like unfamiliar territory, having to, to meet a, you know, a crowd of new people and had to learn like the new atmosphere of, you know, like the industry that I work in and having to, uh, you know, to like re-immerse myself back right. into the recovery community, man. Cause it's like, you know, with, uh, with a couple of years clean, now you learn some things, you know, you don't want to ever overcomplicate things. Um, so what I did basically is like, I just kind of started hitting a lot of meetings, you know, um, and the fellowship here is like a lot smaller than the one in Florida. 
So um, it's a little different, but the love is like still the same. You know, yeah. I still feel the love. Like everybody here in Atlanta has been very, you know, very nice to me. And, you know, I made a lot of dear friends. Like Zora, you're a dear friend. And I really do appreciate you asking me to be on the show. Yeah, Big fan. of course. Big um, fan. So I kind of talked about it last week where um, there's discussion about like, so I just got three years, which is awesome. Hey, Daisy, what's up? Um, and Can we talk about one thing really quick before yeah. we start? I'm sorry. Yeah, go I, ahead. We just got to mention this, okay? So 2020 has just been like an absolute disaster for a lot 100%. of people. 100%. I feel like you just can't relate, all right? So it's like, if you want to just like comparatively talk between like my 2020 and Zora's 2020, we were talking about this before we started this live chat, is that like, just like look at my eyebrows. Yeah, for those of you who are listening but can't see, there are in some caterpillars. In comparison, in comparison to to Zora's eyebrows, Zora's eyebrows are on point, guys. Uh, it's incredible. She's learned how to do all this new type of fancy witchcraft makeup. She looks amazing, guys. Her hair, she got her hair a different color. Looks great. She's gotten a bunch of tattoos. She's gotten, you know, this. She's got the podcast back off the ground, which. I was saying like a couple of weeks ago, dude, I was a big fan. So I'm happy that you did that. I'm just like oh, very impressed you. with the way oh. that you've been like handling yourself with such grace during these tumultuous times. My ego is uh, definitely inflated, but keep the comments coming or compliments, excuse me. Uh, I really appreciate it, you know, and we, I think that's a topic we should dive into in just a second where we can kind of talk about how quarantine has affected us. But mm -hmm. um, first to go back to what you're talking about with moving here, right? So mm -hmm. just picked up three years and I discussed how like, I'm still new, right? Like Katie Parker, one of my favorite speakers talks about how when you're in years one through five, it's like you're in elementary school and like the teacher still has to walk you to class. You still have a bathroom inside of the classroom. You can't really be, you're still learning a lot, right? Mm. Um, so I'm in that window and, but I'm, it's kind of awkward too, right? Like I'm not new anymore and I don't have a lot of time either, right? So I'm definitely not an old timer by any amount whatsoever or any aspect. So do you feel like coming here from Florida, right? You had time, you had a deep rooted community coming here from Florida and diving in, like, what was it like to be a newcomer with time beyond the stuff of like getting used to meeting schedules? Was there any, like, did that have a huge impact on you or did you? Yeah. I mean, so, so in the area that I got clean in, right, it's like the Gold Coast area of Fort Lauderdale, which is like very, very densely populated with like people who are in recoveries, like, you know, tons of like sober homes, like halfway houses and things like that. And so many meetings, it's just like, you know, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting like a meeting place, which um, I was actually talking to, um, to, you know, a buddy of mine <clears throat> who owns a treatment center out here in Atlanta earlier today um, that like, thank God for places like that. Thank God for places that like allow newcomers to be there and have meetings throughout the day. Like, <clears throat> they have like 24 hour rooms, you know what I mean? Where they have like meetings from like six o'clock in the morning until like, you know, like 10 PM at night. And when I first got clean, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. My mom used to always tell you, like, she used to always tell me like idle time is a devil's hour. And, uh, if it wasn't for places like that, I, I would sometimes like go to three meetings in one day just because I had nothing else to do. You know what I mean? I hadn't had, you know, very many friends. Like I wasn't working at the time. Like I uprooted my life in New Jersey and moved to Florida. So um, here it's, it's like that. There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of good recovery. You know, there's a lot of good recovery everywhere. You just got to find it. Um, it's just a lot more spread out. So I personally don't like, I live like 
OTP outside the perimeter, right? I live on the south side. You live side. really OTP. I live real, yeah, I live deep. I live deep down in the south side of Atlanta. So I live in Fairburn, right? Um, but like those of you guys that know me, like Zora, you live, you know, in Sandy Springs, right? Yep. I'm like, so it's like 20 minutes and, outside of the city. And like, I try to do my best to get, to get up there. Right. But it's like a 40, 45 minute hike. You know what I mean? Like anytime I want to come out there. Um, so it reminds me of a story that like when I first got clean. Right. So this is like a good way that I could kind of, you know, metaphorically tell a tale of like how I seek out my recovery. So when I first got clean, right. Yeah. Uh, I had no money in my bank. I had nothing. Right. Um, all I had was a bus pass. Right. That I had to take public transportation because I couldn't Uber. I didn't have any money in my bank account. Like I don't you know, come from money or anything like that. So I didn't have anybody able to like, you know, front me any money so I could take a cab. So I had to um, I had to take the bus right everywhere I went to get to meetings, to get everywhere. Right. And then that was for like my first 30 days after I got out of treatment. And then on the 31st day. I, uh, I, you know, the bus pass expired. I couldn't use the bus pass anymore. So all I had at this halfway house I was at was like this, this mountain bike. And the meetings that I would go to were like, it was like a 30 minute drive. Right. And I didn't, I couldn't like tell how far of a bike ride it would be, but I ended up like riding this bike, right. Like four hours in the hot ass South Florida sun. And, uh, and it, the funny thing is that like, so I had like this cool Knicks jersey, right? It's like the only thing that I was able to keep through, throughout my active addiction, right? It's like one of my favorite articles of clothing. It's like an authentic Walt Clyde Frazier Knicks jersey from like the 1970s when they won the, the NBA t- title. And, uh, and I was wearing this jersey biking all the way through South Florida four hours to get to this meeting, right? And I was, dr- I was riding the bike, sweaty as hell, but I looked fresh because I was in that... In and, that that Knicks jersey. Walk, and then that next jersey and um and i made a left onto this road called sistrunk right which is like if, if anybody knows the area of like downtown fort lauderdale sistrunk is like what they would call like jurassic park they call it's like a thriller video you know what i mean it's like people walking okay. around like all junked out you know what it's i mean like just like not here. yeah it's like Pretty not much. a good area it's not a good area to be it's not as bad as the bluff but it's like not a good area for someone who's like newly in recovery to be at right so I turned down, turned down that road because I thought I was making the right turn to go to where the meeting was at. This place called the Twelve Step House, right? Um, turns out, made the wrong turn, um, and I was riding like past this post office, right? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, "Holy shit, man! Like, I have no idea where I'm at, right?" And because right. at this time, I was like, like I said, I was a newcomer. I didn't have an iPhone or anything like that. Like in my active addiction where my active addiction took me was like, I sold my iPhone to the dope man. And like, I had like a flip, like no, like Nokia phone. Like, I don't even know right. if they have it anymore. So like, <laughs> no. I didn't even know where the hell I was at. Right. I was in Florida. I didn't know where, that was, where I was at. I just knew it was a bad area. And then I looked to my right outside the post office comes this guy who was a tech in my treatment center. Um, oh. This guy named Joe. And, uh, and he's like, yo, Jared. He's like some old black dude had like a ton of time clean. He's like, yo, Jared, what's up? I was right. like, yo, what's going on, man? Like, I'm trying to make it to the 12 step house, bro. Like, how far am I? He's like, bro, you're in the wrong direction. He's like, you're in Sistrong. Like, I thought you were trying to get high. So, long story short, he uh he put the bike that I was riding in his trunk and then drove me to the uh the 12 step house where uh right. you know where I was at, where I was trying to get to. And I say all that to say this is that like as I was driving, like as I was riding and like sweating my ass off, 
I was thinking like, damn, this is really some shit like I would do to get high. You know what I mean? Like this is like the lengths that I would go to, to go use. Yeah. Except like now with like a little bit of like the knowledge that I had, I was, you know, doing all this just to get to a meeting. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> in terms of like me moving to Georgia, I still have like the mentality where it's like, <clears throat> um, I'm used to like a, a certain style of recovery, like a certain, like, you know, a certain style of like love that I feel because you get love everywhere in the rooms. Right. right. But, um, I'm a lot more comfortable with people who are like around my, my same age, you know, and like, and that's just like typically what I found on like the North side of Atlanta. So, which is why I'm, I'm totally comfortable with driving 45 minutes to the North side of Atlanta to go to a meeting, to meet up with friends, to fellowship, you know what I mean? To do service, you know, like those are the things that I'm comfortable doing, you know? Um, right. So chase, to answer chase the recovery, right? Like you chase, would chase yeah. dope. Exactly. You know, chase the hope like you chase the dope. I hate those corny <laughs> ass like sayings, man. I hate it, but it's but true. It's true for a reason, right? It's hundred percent true, part. man. Absolutely. Shout out to Shane Cole. Shout out to Daisy Fenton. Shout out to Everest. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Shane Cole with the Boost Mobile comment. And for those who are listening after the fact, we're doing this Facebook Live. So we're going to have some folks asking questions as well. And we'll take them as they uh, pop up. And um, But to go back to what we're talking about. So why'd you move here? What what prompted you to come to the Peach State? Which, fun fact, we're the not the most producing Peach State. Or let me reword that in English. We're not the most producers of peaches south carolina you're not the most fruitful producers of peaches no we're big on the peanuts actually well not even peanuts i think soy comes first but that's another ted talk to talk about what brought you to the peach state and that's a big move to do when you're it so is a big solidified. It, it, it is it is a big move it was very risky so i think that you and i had actually had this conversation previously um mm -hmm. but for the people who are just listening in um so it was about uh, coming up on a year now, actually. It was like yeah. around the same time last year. I moved I moved here, I think like uh, like early June is okay. when I moved here last year. So it's almost coming up on a year. So um, I was living in Florida and, you know, like my life was was really good. You know what I mean? Um, and I started struggling very heavily with this little thing called depression, mm. right? Okay. And I had like no idea, you know, I, know, I had no idea like the this like how strongly depression can affect somebody um because i just always thought that like yo, if you're depressed just you know go to a amusement park or go you know go shopping go do something you know what i mean make yourself happy take a walk um, right so i had yeah so i had like all these good things going on in my life right i had you know the great job and like i had you know like the, the wonderful girlfriend i had like all these you know like materialistic things um and i just was like you know spiritually unfulfilled and I was very, I was just very unhappy. Um, and then um, my brother had taken a position to become the executive director of a treatment center up here um, in Peachtree City. And um, and then it was like, I'm a twin, right? So right. very codependent by nature, just, you know, like being living with this one person, you know, like your best friend your entire life. And then, you know, him moving away, you know, it cut me really deep. And I was very vulnerable at that time. So um, I had an opportunity to to move up to Georgia to work alongside Jesse, right? You know, because right. it's like, you know, we're a package deal, you know, for like our entire lives. It's been we like that. We're womb together, right? Yeah, yeah, we were roommates, roommates. So, um, so it was like a package deal. So, um, you know, Jesse moved up here, I think in May or April okay. of last year. 
Uh, and then shortly thereafter, you know, like I took a position with a company um, and moved up here with him as well. So that's that's what brought me up here was a job. Right. And um, and cut to like a year later. Right. This is how recovery works. Right. Because right. uh, I was like I was let go from from the job that I uprooted my okay. life in Florida. Right. Like this good life that I had in Florida. Um, I was let go. And uh, I was given the, the I was presented the option from the company. They said, you know, like, well, you know, we still want you to be with the company. Um, but, you know, we've already you know, found your replacement. What we want to do is we want to give you the opportunity to to move back to Florida. Right. Uh, and like manage this facility that we have in Florida. Right. So. What recovery has taught me is like, you know, you make decisions, you know, based on, you know, like empirical evidence, you know, you don't make emotionally based decisions. You know what I mean? So I like I took a week to like weigh out my options after all this had happened. Um, and I made a decision that, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to stay here in Atlanta. You know what okay. I mean? Because like I talked about the love that I feel here is real, you know what I mean? And I built connections with people, you know, like, and over time, you know, it's the older I get, I realize it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not, you don't just meet special people that you connect with on like a strong, intimate, emotional level, like every day, right. you know what I mean? And the way that I thought about it was like, if I were to move back to Florida, it'd be like, I was almost backtracking, you know what I mean? Like I've accomplished everything that I wanted to in Florida. So why would I go back there? So um, I chose to stay here in Atlanta and, you know, um, and, you know, like I bounced back, I'm back on my feet. Um, you know, I got an amazing job, you know, working with an amazing company. The company is called Harmony Recovery Group. Um, it's like a large behavioral health company, um, you know, they have treatment centers in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee and in Charlotte, North Carolina and Florida as well. So okay. what I do is like, I spend time here in Atlanta and I like, I travel between both facilities in, Char in Charlotte and Chattanooga. Um, and I work at like a regional director level. So what I'm able to do is I'm able to, you know, like continue to help people, which is something that I love to do. You know what I mean? Because like what I do for a career doesn't really feel like, like, like really work at all. Because like when you truly love what you do, you know, you never work a day in your life, you never work a day in your life. And that's another one of those corny saying, but it's big I fact. love them. And maybe that's why I love puns and dad jokes. Cause they're just so relatable and accurate. Yeah. Um, you know, it's incredible, you know, the watching you do all these things, right? Like I remember when you guys moved up here and Spencer was like, yo, this is my boy, Jared. And this is his brother, Jesse. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and then I ended up meeting you guys and we've over the course of the last, I don't know, I think we met less than a year ago, but you've mm. pretty much, uh, you know, smoked cigars and gotten to know each other. It's been really great, but to watch you. We, like, need, to, we need to enjoy another cigar soon. For yeah, sure. We got to go to that I've place been, that was you in the battery. I've been, yeah, that place looks super cool. I've been kind of not doing it for the sake of, um, you know, coronavirus, that's probably a little boost to my ability to get the coronavirus with respiratory stuff because cigars definitely take it out on me or take it out of me, excuse me. Um, but I'm down for when this is all over, sit on a patio somewhere. So, you know, watching you, right? Like you talked about that situation where you could have gone to Florida uh, or moved back or whatever. Um, what I have struggled with in the past and I sort of am at this exact moment is the like need to run away, right? Like something gets hard. Like if I had lost my job or whatever it was, I'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, you mean to tell me I can just move? Cause I forget that the problem is me, right? Like I can be part of the solution, but also Absolutely. like if I leave and because I'm upset, someone hurt my feelings, blah, blah, blah. I'm just taking it with me, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
all of that. I, I moved around so many times in Georgia, my job before this one, when I filled out my background check stuff, I had to request a separate sheet of paper because I'd already filled out the first sheet of paper with all my addresses. And she was like, how many places have you lived in the last seven years? I'm like, too many, way too many. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I'm kind of in this phase where like, I felt sort of rebellious. Like I want to move to, there's a select few places where they have strong recovery in the fellowships that I participate in, Tennessee, Nashville, Birmingham, and then Arizona. And I have Mm -hmm. friends in those places. And I'm like, my lease is up in August. I could just run. I don't have a family. Um, My family is here, but there's been something boiling inside of me where I'm uncomfortable. And I'm really grateful for this time where like you kind of talked about and way too nice of words, right? Like I've leaned into this quarantine and like started to be more comfortable with myself. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Part of me still wants to run away and go live in Phoenix and have a new experience, but there's also that side of empirical decision-making process, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it actually a smart decision <clears throat> to uproot my life? Um, is it financially responsible? Would I have a job, right? Like recovery has given me that because I didn't have that in addiction, right? I would say, yeah, fuck it, run it, let's go, right? I'll, I've done it. I signed a lease in Savannah because my friend was moving and I just did it and moved like two weeks later, right? That's mm-hmm. not sober behavior. Um, you were talking a little bit about depression, which is scary to talk about, but I love to talk about it. I love, um, I'm, so like me and my boy Shane, we talk about it all the time, man. And it's yeah. like, it's almost like, we make jokes about it. You know, like the old saying, you got to laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> it's so like true. Very, it's like very much like that, man. Cause I get big sad. Okay. I get big sad. And here's the thing about like my depression, the way like it affects me right. is that like for you guys that know me is like, I have a very strong personality. I'm like very, you know, like uh, outgoing and like charismatic and you know, like I, I want to make everybody happy. Um, but like the truth of the matter is, it's like, it's not always like that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, 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 it's hard to, to keep that like quote unquote mask on at all times. You know right. what I mean? And then like when you're not happy, when you're upset, Oof. there's nothing that makes me feel worse than people asking me like, well, well what's wrong? What's going yeah. on? Well, what's going on? Like, what do you, you look sad? You know? And it's just like, damn dude, can I just fucking live? You right. know what I mean? And also which the, is like, and go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it's, it's just like the part of, you know, like, you know, like the disease of addiction that largely like the, the, one of the, like the characteristics of like the disease of addiction of people, it's kind of like, like you said, it's like almost taboo, you know what I mean? Is, is like the mental health aspect of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, it goes, it goes largely untalked about. And, you know, there's a lot of people like struggling and, and like silence in the darkness, you know what I mean? But like, there's a saying that like, you know, the disease grows in darkness and dies in light of exposure. Ooh, you know what I mean? I like so that. I think that's like, think it's like really important to like shed light on that you know shed light on like the issues that people are having with depression you know like if you're if you're feeling a certain way say something man because it's like i found that like you know even talking to you you know like talking to zora and like talking to like my support network and like shit that sounds fucking absolutely crazy in my head yeah i'll like i'm like there there's no way that anybody feels the way that i'm feeling right now and then i'll talk about it and then people be like, yeah, man, I feel that literally <laughs> right. like I woke up feeling that way. You I know what I mean? Like I felt like I felt like that way before breakfast. You right. know what I mean? It's just like. <laughs> this is a normal thought for me too. I had a friend 100%. earlier talk about how she was like uncomfortable and um, she was like, I don't want to get high, but I want to like want to get high. And like, mm-hmm. 
if you're normal listening to this, you're not going to understand that at all. Or, or you may not, even if you're like in recovery, but that spoke to my soul. It was like, cause there are times that I've had struggles in the last few years where like, I don't want to get high, but there's some part of me that's like, it would make it so much easier, but I don't even want to. And mm -hmm. like that concept of like the things that we share with each other, right? Like I listen to people talk in meetings and they say some stuff that if a new, or excuse me, if a normal person was listening, they would be like, holy cow, you guys need some serious help, but it's different, right? We all have similar thoughts and it's okay. And the key is not acting on them, right? I've had to learn through therapy and big supporter of therapy is that like, Hey, Spencer, Spencer's here. Appreciate it. I too. Um, I too, dog. <laughs> but is that like, um, right? Like I have, my feelings are valid, right? It's okay that I'm mad. It's okay that I'm sad. 100%. It's okay that I'm whichever way that I am, but I don't have to take it out on anyone else. And I shouldn't. And also my feelings are not forever and they're not facts, right? Like, yeah, someone can frustrate me when they cut me off in traffic, but that doesn't mean that like, I have like my frustration has to last for forever. Yeah. You don't got to let it ruin your day. Right. So something that you and I have a similar similarity on is I love music. Music is my love language. It's all, like, I listen to music all day. I've actually really enjoyed quarantine because I don't have to listen to the one radio station we listen to in my office anymore. It's great. But now this I quarantine has been really good. This quarantine right. has been really good with, with music for sure. Like a lot of good music has dropped since this quarantine, you know, so Dude. I'm grateful for that. Amen to that, right? Like heard some. There's awesome like a cool thing that's going on right now that right. I saw that Spencer actually tagged you in. Um, oh, oh yeah, like yeah. The, like the like the four the four album thing that I thought that shit was really cool, man. I think I I love I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like getting to know you a little bit and like you know like me and you have had like you know deep meaningful conversations and like shared like our our our, our similar taste in music and our different right. taste in music and like you know I'm like kicking it with Zora and she's got me out here listening to like like classical music, you know what I mean? And, and it's, and it's Bonnie cool Raitt, I think, I think it's I, cool as hell, man, because it's like, you know, that's, you know, something that's very meaningful, you know what I mean? Right. And like, you know, what being in recovery teaches you, teaches you about like being open-minded, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like participating in like other things, you know what I mean? And giving things a listen and giving things a shot. And I think it's really cool. And so, yeah, so I, I thought it was really cool. I don't, what were your four albums, by the way? Do you remember? Okay. So, um, well, I can go from anywhere from Bonnie Raitt to Tchaikovsky to Azizi Gibson to Eminem, like, and then right back to like Luke Combs. I hate to admit that one. Um, like pretty quickly, right? Like my musical taste is all over the place. Minus I don't love screaming stuff because for me and kind of what I wanted to bring up is like music is emotional to me, right? Like I attach memories and feelings to songs. And so oftentimes when I'm in those depressive states, like there's certain music I listen to. If I put on Vienna by Billy Joel, I'm going to cry every time. And sometimes I need to cry. But then maybe if I'm in a rough spot, I can put on like, I love Lizzo. I know she's gotten some bad rap recently. People need to leave her alone about her body, but that's another TED talk. Um, but like I'll put on something that's empowering for me. So my four albums were... Um, I will pull them up so I don't miss miss say them, but I know for sure it was Fleetwood Mac's Rumors album, which is one of my all time favorites. Big Fleetwood Mac fan, baby. Me too. I am a huge, huge, huge Fleetwood Mac fan. I'll have to send you some mashups that I found of some cool stuff. For sure, for sure. Yeah, um, shout out Stevie next, man. There's an one of Father John Misty's albums where he wrote it to his wife. It's called "I Love You, Honey Bear," and it's 
all of these are albums you can listen to in completion because music mm. singles are great but at the same point in time it's nice to have an album where like you get so many different emotions so while we're checking yeah, out yeah you just like could just start from you know from from you know right. track one to the last track you know i love that and, and then like i'm a huge indie fan so i have on their um bad sons one of their uh, one of their albums and then um lastly was an azizi gibson album which mm -hmm. i can never um i don't think i put the right one on there but that's okay um it was hard to wow. find stuff on that app so for you I, I I sort of know the answer to this, but I would love to hear you share it with other people. Are there any aspects of music or certain songs or certain artists that help you through those emotional times, whether it's happy, sad, like, do you find music to be therapeutic or is it just like- Absolutely, man. Like, so like, I'm definitely, I'm definitely that guy. And, you know, like we talked about like being, getting like, you know, being big sad. So like, I'm that right. kind of guy and I'm sure like people can relate is that like when I'm sad, I'll listen to, to music intentionally to get me more sad. You right. know what I mean? I'll like listen to like really like, you know, just depressing shit, you know That's what I mean? That's Vienna like, by Billy Joel for me. I yeah, exactly, exactly, 100%. But um, music is, is very is very meaningful to me, you know what I mean? And um, like a really close friend of mine, Mark Wiltshire, um, you know, he had like introduced to, like so, you know, like a couple of years ago, he had introduced to, to me um, you know, like a few artists that like are just, you know, totally blew me away. You know what I mean? I was very closed minded and I only had like, you know, like, uh, like a very closed minded, you know, like, is Frank uh, Ocean, um, one of those, or did, were you a Frank Ocean? Player? Frank Ocean is okay. the one, you know, okay. he's, he's the, he's the one artist that he put me on. And like, I totally fell in love with his entire discography. Um, I think the man is a genius. Um, and I've only really strongly felt that way about one other artist. Okay. And, uh, and anybody who knows me like knows, you know, like I'm, I'm like a huge Kanye West fan, you know what I mean? Like say what you want about his personal life and the way that he is as, you know, like a celebrity, but like the music is beyond comprehension. It's like, it's just undeniable. He's a genius. Right. Um, okay. In my eyes anyways. Right. So, and I'm just like, and like, I think about why I'm such a huge Kanye West fan. Like I think about that, like introspectively and I can think about, like you were talking about, like how music is so strong, like it, it you know, connects the senses and, like uh, I can think about where I was the first time I, I like listened to College Dropout, right? And I was listening to right. College Dropout, um, Jesus Walks, right? Um, on Route 18 in New Jersey, in East Brunswick, New Jersey. And I was in the back of my mom's car and it was 2003 and life was good. You know what I mean? Like ball was yeah. life. I was like very, I was like in eighth grade and like I was like very much in athletics. Um, but here's the thing, right? I, th I think about it a little bit more like, you know, introspectively is that, Growing up, for me, the music that I listened to was like very largely like uh, like Jay Z, Nas, like Biggie, Tupac, like things like that, like a lot of rap, right? Which good like, stuff. yeah, a lot of good stuff for sure. But like music that I couldn't identify with, right? Because okay. like I am a black male, you know what I mean? So that was like in the '90s and the early '90s is the culture, gotcha. right? Yeah. But keep in mind, I'm also like I'm also biracial. I was raised by a white mother, uh -huh. right? Shout so, out Mama Stone. Shout out Mama Stone. Shout out Mama Stone. So, um, like I said, I'm a black male. So that's definitely like part of the culture. Um, but I was, you know, like um, I was raised to speak, you know, with proper grammar. You know what I mean? Like I, okay. I went to private school. My mom worked her ass off to like, you know, like raise me and my brothers the best that she could. So with that being said, here comes law, like here comes Kanye, right? And like Kanye was like this, this quote unquote backpack rapper. Right. He right. was the college dropout. You know what I mean? He was, 
you know, like kind of used to always say, like Ralph Lauren was born before I wore him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. He used to like he used to wear like the polos and like the 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 like the you know like the uh, the button ups and like wear the backpack, the Louis V backpack, and it was like it yeah, was like I was like I was able to like look at this person and like I was very young, I was thirteen years old, right? But like I was like in school. Mm-hmm. and he was like talking about other like things other than like you know selling drugs and like fucking bitches and I'm right sorry. But he was like doing like he was talking about like like more content you know like content that like as a student like as a black student right that I could relate to you know what I mean so it's like I fell in love with Kanye's music because I was able to like relate to that you know what I mean like he made like soulful you know like culturally rich music that I was really able to identify with as a, as a young kid. And then it's crazy. I was having this conversation with my boy Shane is that like, as his discography grew, okay. um, it was like every single album that he put out was like right where the fuck I was at, like emotionally, you know what I mean? So like it goes, you know, from, from college dropout, right. Where he's just like super simple Kanye and he's like very, you know, like innocent and just like happy to be there. And then, Yeezus comes out, right? Which was, I think, his right. fourth, his fourth album, right? Which is like yep. fucking like crazy fucking Kanye, right? Which I fucking love. I love crazy Kanye. It's one of my favorite fucking <laughs> versions. And this is literally Kanye, like with like delusions of grandeur, where it's yeah. he, the the album is called Yeezus. You know what I mean? Which is like borderline blasphemous if you're a religious type. Not borderline. Um, yeah. So, um, he plays that right, and that album drops in the heat of my active addiction, right? I'm okay. fucking junked out. And I'm like, let's fucking go. There's this one song on that album called I Am A God. I'm like, I'm fucking a god. I'm right. on like tons of shit. And I'm feeling like, I'm feeling all the way up here, right? I'm all the way up there. Yeah. Um, And then after that, he drops my favorite album from Kanye, right? Which is my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is a fucking work of absolute art it's a, it's a fucking a work. for sure it's it's honest so it, billboard actually classified it as the number one album of the last decade from 2010 to 2020 they said it was the best album of the 2010s um which i definitely agree with it's got something that it's got like something on there for everybody you know what i mean he's got like collabs with you know uh he's got collabs with like rihanna he's got collabs with you know bonavir you know what I mean? He's got, you know, clouds and push. He's got like something on there for everybody, which like I'm, I'm like a big fan of because um, like I said, to begin with, man, like that's like the thing that really drew me to kind of as a child was like, you know, it was like I was able to identify with that. You know what I mean? So it's like this is a person who is like doing, you know, collabs with, you know, Pusha T, who is like literally they call him King Push. You know what I mean? Like talking right. about selling crack. And then, you know, making songs with like Bonavir, who's like another artist that I fucking am in love with. Shout yes. out to Mark Wiltshire, like put me on the bon- Bonavir's like discography, man. Like, and it's just like, I really have emulated who I am as a person. Um, and I talk about this and I'm very big advocate on like, you know, playing nice with everybody, you know what I mean? Like giving everybody the benefit of the doubt and like treating everybody as equals and not being closed minded. So it's like, right, love I, and tolerance. Exactly, man. You know what I mean? And I, I, I try to open up my heart as much as I possibly can. Um, and it's worked out pretty well for me, man. Like professionally, it's worked out very well for me. You know what I mean? It's opened up a lot of doors uh, to be successful for myself. And it's opened up a lot of doors to like cool relationships with men and like 
very meaningful, like platonic relationships with women. Um, so, I mean, kind of is just, you know, yeah, is, is my favorite, man. Right. Like, honestly, dude, I was like, when I was getting, when I like, I took a shower before and like, I was like, you know what? This, uh, this podcast could go one of two ways. I was like, I could either put on my New York Giants jersey because no. it's draft day. I could either do that, which I did. I chose to because Eli Manning is, you know, is the man and oh, you know, future Hall of Famer. He's, um, he's definitely a future <laughs> Hall of Famer. But um, or I was gonna, I was gonna bring, I was gonna wear my um, my Kanye West T-shirt, which is like, uh, which is actually funny because it talks. And like another thing about Kanye, Kanye, I could literally talk about Kanye all day, man. And and I appreciate it. Maybe we'll have to save it for another time. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I, I, I mean, Kanye is great, and it's it's cool to see that he had that big of an impact, right? Like, yeah, for sure. And music I think definitely. It's cool. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, man. It's and like another thing, you know, since we were on the topic before, and like I don't want to, you know, bleed this out too much. I, I apologize. I know I'm like getting like really excited about all this. It's great. Um, yeah. but like he's a very big mental health advocate as well. You know what right. I mean? And like that's something that we talked about is like people struggling with like bipolar disorder and depression, and like he actually put out an album a couple of years ago with Kid Cudi called Kids See Ghosts. And it was an album that was dedicated, you know, to, to, you know, to reach out to people who suffer from like mental health issues. You know what I mean? There was like a right. lot of people, you know, suffering from depression and bipolar and like, you know, Kid Cudi and Kanye are like very big advocates, you know, for those two, for those two disorders, man. So I, I just think it's cool, man. You know, it's, yeah. it's something that like, I'm, I've been literally able to relate to. And like I said, like every year Kanye puts out this album, like the year he put out Kids See Ghost with Kid Cudi, which was an album revolved around depression, like, you know, like treating depression was literally as I was going through like my, like my, my struggles with depression for the first, like for the very first time at like what, 27, 26. So it's like, it's just like very serendipitous, you know, like every time he drops sure. an album, it's just like where I need to be. And then he drops Jesus is King this year, right? I started going to church this year. I started, okay. I started going back to church. You know what I mean, it's just like, it's, just a lot of a lot of good stuff, man. I could talk Definitely. for literally hours about Kanye. Oh, I'm sure. And there's and there's so much we could talk about, right? Like I have so mm. many questions in my head that I want to ask, which unfortunately we probably won't have a ton of time to do all of them unless everyone wants to be here till midnight. Um, but if if anyone's watching and they want to add some questions, feel free, toss in some questions. We probably have about another 20-ish minutes, more like 15, um, where we can ask like answer questions. Um uh, whatever you guys want to talk about, keep the draft questions to a minimum. We can have a separate live thing where we talk about the draft. Um, for don't fuck this up, Dave Gettleman. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm excited about the draft, which uh, it's, it's going to be interesting having it not be its traditional format. But so during this quarantine, we're all stuck in our homes, and I'm sure people are tired of talking about it, but I think it's important mm. that we talk about it because. Right now, we're suffering in a time where people are feel like they can't get help, right? There's You're in your home alone. Isolation behavior is just what I did in addiction, right? Even if I mm -hmm. was out with people, I was constantly felt like I was separated, right? Also, man, they, they just issued $1,200 stimulus checks, which is right, great. Right. But like, what about the addict who's struggling that right, got a $1,200 check? You know what I mean? And maybe they were, you know, uh, like on a road of recovery, and then that thing gave them a little oomph in their pocket, right? So- yeah. For me, in this time, I have leaned in for sure, right? Embrace the things. Yeah, I did some crazy stuff with my hair and piercings and tattoos and stuff. But Looks great. Thank you. The tattoos, while they were still legally open, just if my father is listening. Um, but 
a lot of, for me, what this time has looked like is connecting to other people, reaching out to folks who I wouldn't normally, um, staying connected on like house party and zoom and, and doing different things and like finding ways to stay connected while also spending time with myself, you know, reading books, writing, doing all kinds of music stuff. I I'm, I'm loving it, but for you, what do you feel like you? has come out of this for you, for you? Are you, are you in a season of growth or are you kind of like, Hey, I'm kind of winning dirty right now. You know, sometimes no, you man. win dirty. Yeah. No, I mean, so I definitely, I definitely, um, think that there's been immense growth for me in the past, you know, like four weeks, you know, like since, like, since I really started taking the quarantine seriously. Um, and like we talked about this when this whole thing started, or it was like, you know, yeah. I wasn't really taking it, you know, serious at all. You know what I mean? And you were like, ah, man, this is like, actually, you know, pretty bad. You're like, the shit that's going on in Italy is not normal. You know, you should probably take this more seriously. Um, and so the thing about the quarantine and how it's affected me is that, like I said before, is that I'm very, um, like very, like, what's the word? Um, I feed off the energy of others. Okay. You know what I mean? And for a long, long time. And then there's a lot of people who are like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, for people who are in recovery, um, and if you haven't worked steps, you know, people like tend to focus very heavily on like the fellowship and they, you know, focus very heavily on like the relationship with people within the fellowship. Um, and a lot, I see a lot of like people like that, you know, struggle during these times. Right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, your circle gets a lot smaller. You know what I mean? Like we're not able to go to, 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 to meetings and physically see people. So we're having, having to rely on, you know, zoom meetings, which thank God for technology. Right. You know what I mean? Thank God yeah. for, for things like this platforms like this, that can kind of connect us all. Um, but what it's done for me is that like, it's been able, it's afforded me the opportunity to, to look inward, you know what I mean? And get like, you know, connected with myself, you know what I mean? And like not focus so much on, you know, the, the validation of others, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's really come down to like, you know, me being alone by myself um, and like learning how to validate myself, you know, and like learn and like teaching myself and like realizing that, you know, like I'm, I'm lovable, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm worthwhile, like, and, and you got to love yourself before you love anybody else. You know what I mean? Like where, you know, like as addicts, man, like we could beat the shit out of ourselves. You know what I mean? So I'm very grateful for, you know, like I'm try I try to look at the quarantine, you know, in a positive light, you know, as much as you possibly can. But it's definitely, you know, taught me how to grow in that area for sure. Yeah. You know, like it, so it definitely has. I mean, and there's like it seems simple, right? The the simple things, what's the cliche in the rooms is like keep it simple, stupid, or whatever it is. But there's a validity in that, right? Like mm -hmm. I have to remember that no matter how much time I have, um, I need to be doing gratitude lists, right? And even if the gratitude list is silly and small, like, hey, I'm grateful for um, doing my makeup well today, or hey, I'm grateful that it's raining today, whatever, like simple stuff, but it keeps you grounded and it keeps me um, in a place of gratitude because I wasn't before. Um, mm -hmm. And then for me, when my depressive state comes in and I feel like I'm not enough, I feel like I'm unworthy. I have mantras, I guess, or whatever, I guess are really affirmations written on my mirror. And I've talked about this a lot on this podcast and it's more so like, 
if you're not doing it, maybe do it if something else isn't working for you, but they really help me, right? It says it's simple. Like I am worthy. I am loved. I am, I can love other people because I'm yeah. kind of a little bit of a bitch sometimes. Um, cause I get, my feelings get hurt and I respond with mad rather than sad. That's just who I am. I'm mm. having quiet, sad girl hours on my own, but the overt functionality of my brain is like, be mad, say nasty things, put down their sports team, talk about their hair, whatever it is. Right. Um, so if anyone out there is struggling with like, how do I feel okay during this time or how to, even once quarantine's over, right? Like I still have moments where I feel off my rocker, um, find something that works for you. And if it doesn't reach out to someone else and see what they're doing, right. Cause maybe what you're doing would work for me. And I didn't know because I was like, Oh, well this doesn't work. Screw it. I'm just going to watch Netflix for the 900th hour. And you know, maybe that works. I don't know. Everyone has their own path. It's not, it's, there's a, a practical way of living that we learn in the rooms, but then there's other parts to it that like, I need other tools. So mm-hmm. we're coming up on the end here. Who do you think two is going to go to? We're going to talk football for a minute. So if you're not down with football, it was so nice having you all, but we're going to have a little bit of football talk because sports are my favorite thing. And I think that's a recovery thing too, right? It's something I'm passionate about. I'm able to engage in, in a sober manner. So Tua, where do you think he's going? I think honestly, I think he's going to go to, I think he's going to go to the dolphins. I think the dolphins like have yeah. given away a lot of, you know, a lot of what they're going on. Like they're in full rebuild mode. Definitely going to keep Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback. He's like serviceable, but like, they definitely like when you're talking about building an organization, they have like a pretty decent offensive line. So like the next piece of the puzzle you need to find is like a franchise quarterback. Right. Um, so I mean, if he stays uninjured, right? Like yeah, if he stays uninjured, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, I I think the kid is. I think he's good. You know what I mean? I I personally I think that you know Burrow's the best quarterback in the draft. Obviously, he's going to go first off the board tonight. I guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. You know, so Burrow's going to go to uh, to Cincinnati, and yeah, I think I would have to going to be. Two is going to be the second quarterback off the board, and he's going to go to he's going to be uh, going to Miami. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. So, when I first got sober, I didn't know how to handle football and fantasy football because they were so incredibly wrapped up in gambling and and drinking, right? Because I'm an addict, but I also definitely drank a lot, um, mm. and I kind of didn't know how to, how to navigate that because I also am not capable. I'm really working on this of just going into something like a little bit, I dive in wholeheartedly, right? Yeah. I don't have 10 fantasy football leagues. You guys can't see my eyes if you're listening, but like some other folks do, but at the same point in time, right? Like I'm at six, at six this year, excuse me. I'm sorry, six, but you know, so for me, I had to learn that difference of like, how do I be involved in something that I like and not make it destructive? And also like, how do I even do it? Like, where do I watch games? Like, do you feel like, there are certain things in your life that took some time to learn how to do sober or um, like, was there for sure, man. out for you? For sure. Absolutely. That's God damn. That's a, that's a great question. That's a really great. That's a really good question because like, I think about it, like when I first got clean, it was like, I had to re- retrain my brain, you know what I mean? Cause I can never been, you know, like clean. I'd, so I was like, well, what the hell can I even do? Like, what am I allowed to do? What is like, you know, appropriate. You know, I mean, am I allowed to go to a sports bar because like I'm a Giants fan and, you know, where I got clean, there was only this one sports bar that showed it was like a giant sports bar. It was like the only place where I could watch Giants games. Right. Because I didn't have, 
you know, like the direct TV where I had like the red zone or, you know what I mean? Like the NFL pass or whatever the hell, you know what I mean? So I had to go to like this one bar to watch giants games. Right. So I was like, well, is this appropriate? Um, so like, in my opinion is this is like, you definitely don't want to put yourself in a position where you're going to test your recovery. But with that being said, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can be wherever you want to be around whoever you're with, as long as your desire to stay clean is like stronger than your desire to, to want to use. And it's all about like the intention behind doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Cause it's like my second year in recovery. Right. So like, uh, I was a season ticker holder for, for a number of years, you know, so I was living in my, I was living in Fort Lauderdale and like, you know, me and my boy, um, you know, we were season ticket holders for, for the Miami Dolphins for, you know, from 2016 to 2018. Uh, yeah, 2016 to 2018. Um, and it was cool. It was cool, man, because you got you got to see that, like, I saw so many times, man, like people were like so fucking man. It was this one time I'll never forget. I saw this kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And his dad was absolutely trashed. And the dad got escorted out because he was so drunk. And the kid had to like and the kid, you know. The kid couldn't have been over like five, six years old. And the kid had to leave the game because of his drunk father. And I was just like, damn, that poor kid also, like, I'm glad that I'm not that guy anymore. You know, because yeah. like that was that guy at one point. So. Yeah, I totally I I have some some things that were not my most shining moments that are around sports. Uh, and, and a thousand other things, right? I didn't earn my seat in anonymous programs just because I was a winner, um, but mm-hmm. I'm a winner now, right? And you touched on a point that I think is important. And I, I talked to sponsees about this or other friends, right? Like, should I go to that club with my friends? Because I go to clubs with my friends. I do everything I would have done before, minus going to like wine tastings. I don't think that's it for me because I would be so bored. But mm-hmm. I am safe and protected from the disease of alcoholism if I complete a practical program of action, right, that they outline in the book that has worked since 1939. And if you have a different form of recovery that you're doing, if you're listening, that's awesome. This is just what works for me. And I am I'm not the authority on anything, but this is my experience, right? And that's what I'm here to do is with the help of people that I respect and love, share our experience, strength, and hope. So, you know, this once I've completed step work that I've done rigorously and honestly, and it talks about, if you read the big book, the 10 step promises, talk about how like we recoil from it as a hot flame. And so at the beginning of me being sober, like I didn't know how to do things and be sober. I didn't know what to do with my hands like Ricky Bobby. But beyond that, it was like, I had to experience a spiritual experience and a psychic change before I could go sit at a bar and watch the New England Patriots Eagles Super Bowl. And sometimes things weren't great. Shake Talk about one something that's going to make you want to use. I oh my did God. afterward, right? Like yeah, I, I was set up for success at the beginning, right? And I had someone there with me. And I'm really glad I did because at the end, like I was willing to throw away nine months of sobriety because I was mad that the Patriots lost, right? Um, what I'm I know to people say, who went out. I know people who oh, went yeah. out as a result, like seriously, like and it's not even a joke. Like, oh, I and, believe like, it. Who, and people who aren't in recovery, like it might sound like might sound stupid. You know what I mean? But it's just like, I get it. You right. know what I mean? Like, dude, like that's the, the wordless thing. language. You know what I mean? Like that's empathy right there. Like I get it. You know, I feel you. <laughs> but the you know key I mean? is right. Staying, staying plugged in, right? Like staying, um, staying connected with people. And because I was connected with other people in the program that didn't happen. And I'm still here today. Um, but there's moments where you have to have a day that's like, I don't know if Daisy's still here, but one of my favorite lines of this year that I've learned, or I guess of my year three is like, some days you win dirty. And it's not talking about like, 
you're like do everything in an awful way and you're just like oh well I didn't use but in the aspect of like some days are going to be rocky and some days are going to show you're going to show up in a way that's not perfect and you might have to make amends or whatever but that day you're still connected to a power greater than yourself and you're still here to love and tolerate others and to share this message with other people um oh yeah so I'm so grateful you were here. We could talk for hours more and maybe we'll have to do another one where you come back on and we can talk about some other things. You know, um, it's been great. I I'm like overwhelmed with gratitude for you being here because you've been a oh, yeah. part of my life and, you know, I've, I've been very lucky to have you in support of me, um, for, you know, all my crazy nonsense that happened this past year. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank um, you. Thank you for having me. Also, let's yeah. keep this going, man. Like, thank you for bringing back, you know, yeah. control <laughs> issues, dude. Let's keep it going, dude. Seriously. I love I it. Like I'm a big fan. Yeah. So, so if, uh, anytime you need me back here, you let me know. You know where to find. Definitely. I, I really appreciate it. Um, no, and I and I have your address, you know, stalker style. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. kidding. I went there for a football game. Yeah. Um, but beyond all that, um, I'm I'm incredibly grateful to anyone who's been here with us live. If you had a question and we somehow missed it because I didn't really see any pop up in the chat, um, send it to me on controlissues19 at gmail.com. DM me on Instagram, controlissues19. Find me on Facebook. Get it to me whatever way you can, and we will address it the next guest that I have on. I've been awesome. Slide in Zora's DMs. Slide in my DMs. I have an awesome person going to be here next week. Um, but if you're listening after the fact, thank you so much. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast on wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I went through the rigmarole of getting iTunes to approve it. They're very picky. Um, but it's all iTunes? on there. Yeah, it's already on iTunes, Spotify. What? You can listen to this one um, next Wednesday. Um, all the previous episodes are up there. So What's every what? Wednesday, I'm going to continue to drop the audio um, from the episode that has already been taped. And then after that, you know, every Thursday for now, uh, we're going to do 6 p.m. Facebook Lives. Well, may spice it up once I can go back to work and things change, but you know, just be patient with me. So once again, I'm incredibly grateful you came on. Jarrett, do you want to plug the place where you work one more time in case someone's struggling or a family member of someone's struggling? Yeah, man. Um, so like we were talking about before, you know, like with everything that's going on and, you know, like very grateful, you know, that we live in a country where we we're able to get like financial support, you know, like everybody was able to get like those stimulus checks, you know, which is like very important because a lot of people are unemployed right now um but like a lot of people are also struggling with addiction you know and a lot of people you know who are struggling received like a good amount of money this week and or last week um and you know they're going through it so um i work for a company called harmony recovery group and you know like i said we're a large behavioral health company we have you know substance abuse and mental health uh gear treatment centers uh in chattanooga tennessee and in charlotte north carolina and also in uh in central and south florida so if anybody's you know struggling um you know i i, I work at the capacity where i'm able to you know help find you know appropriate treatment for whatever it is that you're struggling with um you know it doesn't matter if you have insurance if you don't have insurance you know like you know i'm, I'm able to help you know with the resources that i have you know uh whether you're struggling with, you know, just strictly mental health or, or mental health and substance abuse or just substance abuse or, or whatever the case may be. If you have a lost puppy, if you find a you know, <laughs> cat on the side of the road and, you know, you want to find like a nice shelter for the cat, give me a call. You know what I mean? Like Wait, I'm here. That's I'm me. Here. I take in yeah. the pets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you call me with a cat, I'm literally just going to call Zora. So, oh, um, I love so yeah. 
Well, thank you so much. Um, definitely hit hit up Jared if you need any help or um, hopefully we can get in contact with where you work and share this message as well. Um, I know the phone feels like 200 pounds or more when you're struggling, um, but we've all been there and there's nothing too scary and we're all willing to help because someone else helped us. So I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Thank you for being here. Feel free to share it with your friends and um, grace and peace, my friends.